up, everyone out there? Welcome back to Cork Stats, powered by the Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the daily fantasy app where we're actually making money and we have the green screens to prove it. Download the app for free. Use the code MMN Mayo Media Net. They're going to match your first hundred bucks for free. And if it's free, it's for me. How we doing, everybody? You can hear. I had a pretty good 4th of July. I hope everyone did as well. Being safe. Just doing whatever it is that we do, me, you, the Cork Stats crew. Oh my goodness, I sound like Froggy from Little Rascals, and please forgive me, I kind of have like a like a holes, you know, like a mental lozenge. I'm doing like the chore thing. It's like jammed all the way up in there, so please don't think me rude if this thing slides around or you hear like a lisp or something, man. I'm just going to try not to come off the rails, but that's what this show is all about. The most authentic, the most genuine, with the most nuance, the most context. It's coming out the nose with the three pillars of profit here at Cork Stats, baby. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio only pod. And I will beg you for a cartoon thumb press in just a few minutes. If you're unfamiliar, welcome aboard as we get closer to the second half. And man, we've done pretty well. Betting has been a bit of a roller coaster. We started out flying out of the gate, then we went through a bit of a lull, and now we've kind of pivoted into these total base props, really kind of incorporating it into a lot of the detailed work that we do, which makes a lot of sense, trying to take advantage of the really nice plus odds, again, which makes a lot of sense. Yesterday, we did exactly that, and my memory is failing me, but I know we got two of them across. (laughs) Man, it's getting so bad for me right now. I am testament that someone can drink 4,000 high noons and wake up in the morning. All right, everybody, come on, enough of that. We need more of this. It's the three... Pillars of Profit, we're doing daily DFS jock market that also overlaps into total base props. Big focus on jock market here where we're giving you not just the names, but the prices and how to deploy it. I wish I had a little more time. I really need an assistant. I wish I had a little more time. I'd really like to start taking advantage of the shorting opportunities that they're allowing us. I have made quite a bit of money in my day as a bear, which is funny. I'm not a bear anymore in the bear market. I made money as a bear in a bull market, which just gives you an idea of how, when you're sharp and selective, right, let's wait for our pitch, we can put it in the seats. Regardless of the matchup, let's get into the thing that we do. It's our first stack. Oh, almost forgot. I did make my graphics today. It's the stack attacker. We want Baltimore righties going up against Spencer Howard. He's back. Yes, I know there are some sharp players out there in the industry, analysts and the like. Pretty high on Howard because of the matchup. I'm not really buying it until he shows it to me. Call me Missouri, the show me guy. Listen, the, the career is 82 innings. I'm not going to quote the seven innings this year, the 49 ERA he has, or whatever. We know he's working back. But the 82 inning career sample, it's a 735 ERA, 1 6 whip, 884. OPS, the walk rate in the career in the double digits, the fly ball rate up over 40, paired with the 8% barrel, is why he's given up more than two home runs per nine. Now, yes, he is working back and has been okay, but I did check the game log, and if there's home runs in the minor league game log, let's go. We'll go get him. He's really struggled in his career against right-handed hitters. They have a 315 career batting average, 938 OPS, and a plus 400 expected ball On contact, he only throws two pitches. Fastball, Cutter. 
48% fastball, 43% cutter, meaning what? You're not really fooling anybody. So let's get into the Baltimore Bats. I know they haven't been great, but listen, this is where we kind of make our bones. We have the electron microscope out. We're not going to be buying too much into recency. We look at all data and try and weigh it to the best of our abilities. Mountcastle going back last 85 plate appearances against righties. A 64% hard hit rate via stat guess. It's 95 miles an hour. 64% is off the chain. 24% barrel and a 10% blast. Again, if you're unfamiliar, we like to use blast here. They're the ideal subset of barrels. It's really the best outcome you can have. If you're really following along, even on social media, and you follow the barrel accounts, or people smarter than I, like Alex Chamberlain has talked about, the degradation in production from barrels, meaning barrels used to be much better than they were. I mean, I think it was an 800 batting average. I've quoted this incorrectly in the past, and I hope I hope I haven't misled anybody, but it, I was confusing batting average with slugging, not realizing how incredibly high they would be. But a batting average on a barrel used to be up over 800, and now I believe it's in the low 700s. Early in the year, it was in the high 600s. It's kind of rebounded, but not fully. So we really want to be looking at blast. Again, there are some balls that may be kind of put into that basket that we are not interested in. So Mountcastle has just been phenomenal. All those input stats have led to a 280 batting average, 304 ISO, 900 OPS, and five Ramalama ding-dongs in that time frame. Remember, ISO with total base props is at the four. ISO, isolated slugging, ISO, is a measure of extra base hits. 304 ISO, 30% extra base hits hit rate we're hoping if for total bases at least right three at bats we get the two bases that's kind of the calculus that'll get you there in DraftKings DFS FanDuel and the like you backfill into these teams with prices as far as jock market we want to really not go above kind of six bucks once it's above six dollars it's not that we don't like the player anymore we're bailing we're fraudulent it's just the return it takes to profit is very tough where jock market is difficult is a home run is not a guaranteed return where total bases a home run is a guaranteed return dfs more than likely not yeah i would just say the home runs a guaranteed return right if you paid even the 6400 for trout or whatever it is on DraftKings, if it's a home run that's all you really could expect hard to ask for more than a home run jock market maybe not the case depending on what you pay so we lay out the names we lay out the models but remember at the end you want to circle back for players in the splits we've identified if they're under 475 450 sometimes they're at four dollars or less so this is Orioles righties we want to be keeping an eye on that and remember all of these games formats that we're talking about played appearances at the very front because opportunities are the currency that we deal in total bases in particular you know it's all about that individual you need that plate appearance really really try and focus on the front of the lineup so Mountcastle looking very strong today here's where we get a little bit more of that granular analysis I've got Trey boom boom Mancini going and you know you're saying well he's been kind of mad but like I said we don't just chase hot that's hot recency is good but when you look at the game of baseball in terms of waves there are going to be times where a last seven last 14 is a high number that you're not interested in because you're 
moving in the other direction. And it could be the other way, where we don't see big pops in last 14 OPS, but I'll show you what I mean. Mancini has just been okay, last 14, 765 OPS, generally not what we're looking for as far as, you know, this kind of analysis. But year to date against right-handed fastballs, right-handed cutters. This is what he does very, very well. Mancini, 60% hard hit rate, 17 barrel, 9 blast, and 4 ding-dongs. So I think this is a pretty good case. We actually had this pop up last week with Nick Castellanos. He was really cold. All the numbers look terrible, but it was this kind of analysis, this very focused analysis. Remember, Howard is a hyper-use fastball guy. Over 90% of the time, he's be throwing these. So we're going to be putting Mancini in his most ideal situation, hopefully. So there we go. There's a whole bunch there on how we put together the puzzle. I never want to be the type of handicapper that throws names, throws plays without the context. And really, the application is really at the center of it. And when it comes to betting, then the risk management. So, all right, let's get up into the next stack. It's those Redbirds underneath that beautiful arch in the Midwest. The Cardinals up against Ian Anderson. 5-3-1 ERA, 1-5-2 whip, and a 7-52 OPS on the year, but it has really fallen off the rails, even worse so. Last eight games out, a 6-7 ERA, 1-70 whip. It's been really bad. The K rate too low on the year at 20. The walk rate too high on the year at 11. First strike rate down around 50, paired with a 31% chase rate. So he's walking too many batters because he's not getting ahead and then does not induce chases that's been the issue for Anderson really really messy and then allowing lots of hard contact once he has to come in the zone the problem there has been the fastball and the changeup combined those two you're talking about 75% use so again kind of a hyper focused arsenal each of those pitchers have a plus 600 x slug and have accounted for seven home runs total you gotta go to goldschmidt man carl's kind of eating right handers right now last 88 plate appearances hachi machi liberace 46 hard hit 17 barrel 13 blast man you get the double digit blast rate that's what we want to be especially over such a large set 329 ba a 304 iso 1030 ops and six home runs after that, you see the other teams, Juan Yepes and Arenado. These both sound pretty much the same. Yepes last 50, the hard hit rate in the mid-40s, 12 barrel, 9 blast. The batting average up near 300, ISO up near 400, OPS up near 1,000. So all of those things. Last little bit on OPS, since we did so well in strategy and application, would be just that. So, as I mentioned, ISO, very important for total bases. The stat I probably like the most for off or everything would be OPS, but OPS, you got to be careful. OPS, absolute translation into DraftKings, FanDuel, DFS, and the like. I would... And, oh man, I, you can't say that. That's what I'm going to get at, but you can't say that about total base props okay i want to be very clear right i think i got the right because ops includes on base which includes walks which are not included in total bases right so total bases must be hits so ops can be misleading a 1000 ops could be a hitter that's walking you know 30 percent of the, i don't know walking 18 percent of the time or something like that it's going to boost up that obp and so we're actually looking for Guys with K rates that come with it. It's okay. We want aggressive hitters with total bases, not 
as much with DFS. So there's just really all the application because that's what's separating us from the pack right now. Everyone can have the same names, but it's where we kind of move those chips that's going to make the difference. And then Arenado in that same span as Goldschmidt, 90 plate appearances, 306 batting average, 250 ISO, 900 OPS. A lot of the deeper metrics, not there for Arenado. I repeat, not there for Arenado. So while he's part of a stack, I have some cheap players. I think I'll be able to fit him in DFS. I'm not going to be going for total bases. I actually had him circled, and and that was why I wanted to mention that. I had him circled because of the OPS and some other stuff. All the kind of crossing charts were looking good against righties, but I just wasn't digging the fastball change uh, oppo combo. So he's part of a stack, but I don't think we're going to run the bases out there. Let's get the very last one. We are looking at Brewers. Lefties against Kyle Hendricks. 4-8 Erie. 1-3 whip. 794 OPS. Last two games out, he's been very good. 7 and a third gave up none. Went 6, gave up 2. But I'm selling the rip. I'm just not buying it, man. 11% came in his walk. 10% swinging strike rate. 85% in-zone contact rate. So he's, he's not fooling anybody. He's not getting whiffs. And he's got to come in the zone. And once he does, 43 fly ball, 10 barrel has led to that nearly two home runs per nine and nearly 400 expected WOBA and a 927 OPS to lefties year to date. So I think that's where we're going to get him. Fastball, year to date there, 41 use, 15 whiff, way too low. Again, the 41 use fastball allows us the opportunity to kind of look for that pitch. It has a plus 800 X log and eight home runs allowed. Also, remember, in Milwaukee, has a plus 122 in home run park factors, two lefties. That's top five in the league, so the contextual environment also very good. Yelich on fire lately, 45 plate appearance against righties, a nearly 400 batting average, 200 ISO, 1,100 OPS. The hard hit rate over 56, 14 barrel against those fastballs. That's exactly what we're looking for. Then Wong, since he's come back, has been excellent as well. Last 21 plate appearances, 333 batting average, 11. OPS and then Telez is really this is the microscope play here because he has not been great as of late now the you know, batting average OPS got to be below two below six respectively but against fastballs from righties year to date 50% hard hit rate 23 barrel and five home runs so I think Telez is a pretty sneaky play he'll be low owned because I think most people are chasing those high last seven last 14 OPS numbers all right that took a little bit but I think that was worth it hopefully we learned a ton Baltimore righties Cardinals righties Brewer righties let's get up into the fantasy end and uh, doing the things again that we do trying to make it really work for everybody I think Tuesday and Wednesday are probably the most impactful for our deeper league players I mind the advanced statistical leaderboard I have access to some stats maybe not everyone does and the ability to time sort them we're just going to break up these starting pitchers in the last 30 we have CSW which is called strikes plus whiffs which is kind of before the event and then afterwards is Pitchers inside the top 45 in barrel rate, right, which is after the batted ball event. And none of these stats you should overreact to. But I would say when a guy pops up on both lists, it's somebody that we want to look at, especially as tough as pitching. Then right at the top of the board, CSW, there's Kyle Hendricks trying to stick it in my face. But we know he was good the last two. We're not too concerned. I'm just running the list. Again, remember, this is not a raw leaderboard. They're interesting names. This is inside the top 60, for example, of either guys that might be available in most shallow leagues or players that maybe we could trade for. So 
Let's see what I mean. Then you have Aaron Savali, who I've been off of, but we know there's some talent there. Maybe he does get it going. My boy Josiah Gray, followed by Blake Snell. My tag team guys that was really high on are starting to turn the corner. Don't give up on Blake Snell. Now might be a really good time to try and... I. It's funny, it's buy high, buy low, because everything is so relative. He was so bad to start. He had one good start, so what is it, buying high? You're not really buying high, because you're not paying full value on the pitcher that you thought you were getting in the seventh round. And he had, whatever, 12 or 13 punch-outs. I think it's time to make a move for Blake Snell. When he's, it is what it is. He's, he's, we know he's streaky. We know he can be a second half guy. We know he can go absolutely bananas for months at a time. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because he stung us already. I'm with Blake Snell all the way. Then let's wrap it up. Jeffrey Springs, who's been excellent. I hope you added him. We were talking about him five, six, seven weeks ago when he appeared on the leaderboard. You know, these things really matter. To Merrill Kelly, who's been getting up off the mat, although, again, he's probably a guy I'm not interested in. To David Peterson, who has now like a new slider working, who has looked excellent. And if he has a spot in the rotation for the Mets, I'm not sure if he does right now, but they've been in a lot of flux. you got to kind of be patient with those Mets. And if you have a roster spot, that's a good place to spend it. Followed by Clevenger, George Kirby, and Josh Winkowski. Clevenger and Kirby probably owned. I'm not really making a move for them without the strikeouts. Though with Kirby getting the CSW up, we know there is some potential. Keep an eye on him. He'll probably be hard to pry away from owners. That last name, Josh Winkowski, really a name to circle. Why? Because he's on the top three of the right side list. So audio-only listeners, we walked you through the left. Here's the... 10 interesting names inside the top 45 in battle rate last 30 days. Caleb Killian, the rookie who really kind of had so much shine. But, right, these guys stumble. But that's when I like to go after him, keep an eye on him. If he does, get another look. I mean, and that's it's just a testament to the desperation here. You know, that's, that is really what it is. And in particular, it's hard to suppress barrels nowadays. This last month, the ball's flying. Followed by Dre Pallante on the Cardinals, who I really, really like. And I was going to bet that F5, but I didn't want to push it out. I'm a little afraid of the Braves with Acuna back. Uh, Rosario's back, but that one at plus one at 25. Maybe we'll look at that later. To Josh Winkowski, like I mentioned. Mitch Keller, Josiah Gray on both lists. Loving that, man. Chris Bubich, who's been nervous as of late. His his problem normally is contact, so I guess he hasn't given up barrels, but he's still gotten beat up. So again, yeah, I don't want to just chase these guys. Ranger Suarez, again, Blake Snell. Oh, CSW plus barrel equals add. Wrap it up with JT Brubaker on the Pirates, who's popped up on this board from time to time. Although, maybe I'm worrying we were seeing him all the time, and now he's kind of waning out. Maybe he's on the downswing. I could take a look at that. And then wrap it up with Graham Ashcraft, who I think you should add. He got blown up on the box score, but the contact quality was so ridiculous. He gave up one moonshot with the bases loaded, of course, but they were... Seeing eye singles in the 80s as far as exit velocity goes. And you just can't, you can't look me in the eye and tell me a pitcher got routed, you know, got rocked. You can't get rocked with four 88-mile-an-hour singles. It's just not what it is. If they find the hole, they find the hole. Then he made a mistake. Of course, the Reds are terrible. They made an error in front of him in the first inning of that game. And he's going to be hard to start at home. But on the road, or in good two steps, or maybe even at home against like a Pirates, he could be a guy that's good. Remember, he throws 98, and he keeps the ball down. Crazy ground ball rates. Those are the kind of guys, especially I like to bet on for five innings at a time. All righty. That's two pillars of profit right there. Excuse me one second. All right, let's wrap this up. I think I'm going to be able to drag my oversized carcass across the finish line. Get these... Bet's home and get this show in. You know, I thought, like, yesterday was impressive. You know, I 
was up and I worked the Fourth of July, right? I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Real not realizing that today would be today would be a really tough one. And if you're watching the video, you see my forehead glowing. We were out in the sun. You know, all the kids in the pool, the grill, we just do the whole thing, man. It was a really, really great party. Caught up with a bunch of people. And I hope, you know, again, you kind of enjoyed yourself as well. All right, let's do the Bettys, everybody. Let's get some money. We've been getting these across the line now, right? A little less apologizing, a little more celebrating going on. And it has to do with the foot we're focusing on. The odds. I almost didn't post a bet. I mentioned that I did like St. Louis at five because it's at plus 125 against Ian Anderson. I do think the Cardinals will score. I'm just worried about facing the Braves' offense. Maybe I'm being a coward, and I should go. You might see that end up on the ticket later. If you're interested in the full Monty, you can follow me on Twitter at MLB Moving Averages, MLB, at MLB Moving AVG on the Bird app. And thanks to Patrick Mayo of Mayo Media Net, we're bringing you implied team total, starting pitcher ranks. I run the algo, scores, risk management, plus player ratings, stars, home run calls. Every single thing that you can stomach, everything that you could stomach, and it's all free, thanks to Mr. Mayo. And if you appreciate it, tag him, get up in the comments. Oh, good time. I'm going to beg for, can I have a cartoon thumb, please? Pretty please, cartoon thumbs. How pathetic is that? All right, let's do some bets. I, again, I was, I was kind of like tucking tail and getting ready to run, falling in love with these total base props, but I don't want to get away from betting altogether. I had one F503.5 jump off the page. We had one yesterday. Toronto and Oakland, and everyone said, what? We can't bet over Oakland. Oakland's not going to score. Well, guess what? I had the over one-half run model hit posted, although that was juiced up. I don't play 160, but it was a model hit. Very strong model hits. I post those because I do know there are people that out there that like to play differently, and that's what I do. I run the models for everything. You have to kind of make your decisions. I will highlight the very best stuff that I know I'm playing, but that doesn't even mean it's exclusively just that. So I had highlighted uh, that... Seattle game, it's Gilbert. I didn't really love it, but sometimes the model screams, especially in these 03.5, after 5. It's just not a lot to ask for. These pitchers all give up runs. But one that I did settle on is when I noticed Texas and Baltimore, the full game was set under 10. Now it's at 9.5, so not much, but enough that 10 will get us there. We mentioned Spencer Howard. He's really struggled against Austin Voth, who's also really struggled. I think there's going to be a bunch of names on the player sheet today, which is probably a really good point back to Jock Market, why price is really going to matter. Because there is a ton of scoring, you have to be at the top. It's relative. Right? Total basis? Who cares? You get your two singles? You get your two singles, and that's all that matter. Oh, we died. I almost had the name. It was on the tip of my tongue. Who got two? Oh, Brian Anderson on the, on the Marlins. Brian Anderson. Right up, plus 145. Single, single. I don't even know if they scored again. I don't think he got another hit, and it didn't really matter. So sometimes you just got to trust the work. All right, back into the game. Voss been really bad. 7-3-4 ERA, 1-9 whip, 9-20 OPS. His deserved ERA is up near 7. His line drive rate is over 26. We know that's a major issue this year, in particular with the way the ball carries. We don't want the ball up in the air, right, as a hitter. We want it on the line. Lefties have eaten Baltimore. Texas, not a big left-handed hitting team, but you want to be looking at Texas lefties as well. Well, Both of the offenses have not been great. Texas better than Baltimore. Baltimore kind of stinky last seven, but I do think they're in a scenario to succeed with what they do best, and then neither of these bullpens are very good, particularly in the middle, right? Voth is only going three innings, maybe through the order once or twice, 
depending on how much we beat up on him. Baltimore, I believe, will struggle in that next section. So even if Voth, let's say, escapes three innings with one run, I'm not really worried because that's where we're going to look to eat in the middle. And then, of course, one of these pitchers could completely spin off the rails and we could get our, you know, 8-2 score through 5 or whatever. So that's where I'll be. And then over to the total base props again for the audio only people we got Trey Mancini at plus 120 Christian Yelich at plus 115 I think I would say expect a few more names on the list I didn't mention the car I mean I love the Goldie spot I think he's minus 120 I haven't hit the point where I'm betting total base props in the negative yet in particular because he's batting third or fourth and it matters. And that was what tipped the scale. So to give you an idea, I also had Ryan Mountcastle, who we mentioned at the open of the show, who was on the stack attack. He's at plus 115. He's batting fourth. I checked the lineup tracker now. I'm telling you, that stuff really, really matters. You don't want to end the game, you know, on deck. That is really such a, that's just such a killer, you know. And Baltimore is home. But I, oh no, I, gosh, I can't, what are you going to say, favorite, it's just so garbage, so I don't think they go over, but what I wanted to get to with a lot of placement, Mancini batting second, same for Yelich, I really like Rowdy Telez, who we mentioned as well, to go over, but with him bat, maybe batting fourth or fifth, Yelich up at two, and the positive price, right there is the calculus, so again, yes, we broke down Baltimore, Texas, yes, we broke down, you know, what we think, uh, Christian Yelich and the Brewers lefties might do against the Cubs, but what really matters is how we put the pieces together, right? When I'm not around on the weekends or this show goes the way of the dodo, who knows what's going to happen? You know, I want to hope that I leave you people with that that feather in the cap, like I always say that every day, you know, you kind of leave this show, I mean, just thinking about something, you know, just that's really all I all I care about, even if it's how ridiculous I am sometimes, and I know it is, you know, this show, this show reeks of effort, we spin off the rails sometimes, hopefully we come back, always in time to tie it all together, get paid, and that will do it. So, we got our stacks, right, we're looking for Baltimore righties, Cardinal righties, and Brewer lefties, a few interesting names in the starting pitcher, advanced leaderboard, they're getting kind of thin, I would say uh, Winkowski is the name to own, as well as Andre Pallante. I was listening to my guys at Rotowire, and of course, you got to follow Jeff and Scott. They do phenomenal work. One of the best pods that there are. But doesn't mean we're always going to agree. They seem to think it's Dakota Hudson who will kind of hold it. He's been awful, and Pallante is not. I just don't see the Cardinals going that route. They're kind of a winning team. I could see Hudson doing more of the long man, ghost IL, one of those kind of things where I do believe they'll be pushing the best foot forward. So I'm looking at Winkowski and then Pallante. They were on last week's ad. Maybe some people did in 15s, but now they may be creeping their way into 12-team viability. And then we got our bets. Remember, we're going over Texas and Baltimore. Total base props, Trey Mancini and Christian Yelich. And that will do it from Cork Stats. Please, with sugar on top, download the Jock Market app and use the code M. Um, and, and I'll catch up in the jock market today. Bet your bottom dollar. I'll be there. There are two slates, 640 and 810, which I do kind of like now, these split slates, because it can be very tough to balance 640. 640 is a very tough time. I know everyone has their own things going on. You might be coming home from work. I know I have I, I work stuff plus kid stuff is going on, daughter taekwondo, all this craziness. You know what everybody's doing, dinner and all this stuff. 
So, because stock market is very kind of active, I would say this before we get out of here. Very last thing: if you want to play jock market early, I think that's fine. I would suggest you check the weather first. Just make sure there's no chance of rain, and as long as there isn't, you could preset those bids. They're limit orders. Everybody we mentioned, especially any player on the graphic, I'm sticking to that is five fifty-five. I, I like to order fast. Five fifty-five. You know. Bup, bup, bup. And if it goes for less, you get the difference back. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I spent five fifty and it was only 4 No, 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 no. Which I try and circle back because if you put five fifty and it goes for 4 if you had three shares or more, follow me, you're going to get back enough to have gotten another share. So had you decided you were okay, let's say five fifty five times 5 shares, right? So it's 28 bucks. Let's say you were willing to spend $28. bucks. i am sure desired investment you were willing to put that in you already bid it if the outcome comes out and it was only 19 bucks you kind of want want the rest of that money on those shares because of the leverage remember inherent leverage stock market cheap prices means no demand which is how we get paid so the pricing of the names is the most important all right everybody that'll do it i gotta get out of here the show's getting longer and longer i'm gonna get in trouble love you much hope you had a fun weekend i'm gonna go fall down flat on my face <laughs> i think i'm gonna run the algo Put on all my stuff as always. See you on the Twitter streets. Check me on Patreon, but you don't pay. It's 100% free. Hit us up on YouTube. Pretty please press the like button. I'll catch us tomorrow. Remember when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like, like luck, y'all. Peace.